0: Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is BJN Radio, episode number 285. Who cares? I am Jimmy Kemsky with Lily the Cat sitting on a recliner behind me. Charles Van Puppington uh, on the floor here. And Brandon Galton of bleedinggreennation.com as always. Brandon, we got a lot. Not a lot, but we'll, we'll cover the Eagles-Steelers game. Uh, we will get to the rest of the results around the NFC East and... Other notable NFC games. We will each volunteer one player. What we only get one shot. Brandon and I each at a, a player that the Eagles will trade for by four o'clock on Tuesday, which is the NFL's trade deadline. But before we get to all that, I need to know where I
1: can find the finest meat snacks. Happy Halloween world. to you, Jimmy. Oh yes, that I don't too. <laughs> think many people will necessarily be putting savory snacks uh, out for the childrens and whatnot. But uh, you know, let's say I mean by the time you're listening to this, it's probably after Halloween anyway. Why not get yourself some snacks after you got your kids some snacks and everything? And go to righteousmelon.com. Mm-hmm. Discount code BGN fifteen. The Eagles are eight wins away from going fifteen and zero. Um, so there you go. Maybe that that, the Righteous Felon is bringing good vibes, good juju uh, to the Eagles. Who knows? They're the ones eating it. The Eagles players are eating it. They're having a ton this season. They're loading up on it, and it's why they're undefeated, probably. Uh, Righteousfelon.com, discount code BGN15 for 15% off your order. We do have a lot to talk about and not much time to talk about it. So why don't we just dive right on in, Jimmy? And there's only really one place to start with the Eagles. Was it 33? What was the final score? I forget. Uh, bad job by me. Uh numbers. Third? I don't even yeah, remember. Isn't that either. funny? <laughs> because like it wasn't really like I rarely do remember those
0: scores. It's, I mean you uh, really remember
1: the BGM uh, radio numbers, so that makes sense.
0: I don't even you know what? I don't even know. Thirty five to thirteen. I'm, I'm pulling up my article here. Like <laughs> I'm pulling up like my my ten awards
1: article. I don't even have it in there. That's a bad yeah, job bad for I mean, SEO purposes.
0: Yeah. Okay. Thirty-five, thirteen. They won by. I knew they won. I knew they won by. But 22. the big
1: story, obviously, is AJ freaking Brown. That dude is pretty good. <laughs> we talked about it all training camp long. Yeah. And we also talked about how the connection between Jalen Hurts and him was pretty dynamite and pretty uh, uh a money maker, if you will. And sure enough. Yeah, Uh, it hasn't been like that's, you know, showed up every single week and it kind of had been a bit of a dry spell. There was that weird game against the Cardinals where like they didn't even use him a lot. And I was like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And Jalen Hurts had kind of been quiet for the past couple of weeks. Jimmy, he was only averaging just under 200 passing yards per game, like 199 uh, in his last three starts heading into this one. And he exploded Mm -hmm. and AJ Brown exploded and it was a huge day.
0: I think there's good reason for the you know the the slowdown of his statistics over the last 3 games. Jaguars of course was the rainy windy game. Uh the Cardinals was just, the Cardinals game was just a weird game plan in my opinion. They really tried to attack more horizontally than vertically when I think there are opportunities to take plays to you know take shots down the field. Weird to me. And then the Cowboys game, uh they did uh move the ball down the field against them. And then once Lane Johnson went out, they got a little bit more conservative. And, you know, they had a lead, of course, uh, in the second half. And they took their foot off the gas a little bit there. But uh, in this game, they got back to taking shots down the field. And A.J. Brown was the recipient of that five for 113 and 113. three touchdowns. He yeah. oh 156
1: in the first yeah. half. I meant total
0: five for 113 and three touchdowns in the yeah. first half.
1: And then he ended with six. six for one fifty six was a career day it? for him, just edging out the two times he went for one fifty five. And he could have had more. He could have
0: I thought that reception that he had in the second half, by the way, where he broke yeah. away, you know, a, a lot of yak on that on that reception. He looked good there. <laughs> like I thought that was his most impressive. Play. Well, maybe not the, the the one the play where he tr- hurts just kind of chucked it touchdown. up. Um, yeah. And he tracked it and he showed his ball skills and his contested catchability is all there, all in one play uh, between those two defenders. Um, the next two touchdowns were absolute yes. dimes by Jalen Hurts. I mean, just beautiful uh, deep throws by, by Hurts on those two touchdowns. Reminding me a little bit of the, throws, the throw that he made to Devontae Smith against the Broncos last year. In what was his best performance of that season, best half uh, of that season uh last year, I mean, he had a MVP caliber kind of day, in my opinion, Jalen Hurts. But getting back to AJ Brown for a minute, he's the best receiver the Eagles have had since Terrell Owens. Is he better than um, Tio? And I think that the season that Terrell Owens had in two thousand four is mirroring, you know, sort of what AJ Brown is is doing so far here in twenty twenty two. I mean. T.O. got out to a huge start. I actually just looked up his game log from that season, and I think it was like five of his first six games he had over 100 yards. Of course, he was piling up touchdowns like crazy, too, and he had like a different celebration for like every touchdown he scored. It was a very fun season to to watch him do what he was doing, and then he kind of cooled off for a little bit, got hurt, and we all know the story or whatever, but um, A.J. Brown's a little bit behind him in terms of where T.O. was at this point during the 2004 season, Uh, but, man, he – A.J. Brown was uh, a phenomenal pickup uh, when when Howie Roseman traded for him during the 2022 NFL draft. Um, I thought he was going to be good. Obviously, we all knew what he did in Tennessee over the first three years of his career. I did not expect him to be
1: this good this early. I feel like it's underrated how... Do you remember in 2004... I remember the broadcast always talking about this, where there was this bet between Andy Reid and T.O., where if T.O. got 15 touchdowns, Andy would uh-huh. have to wear, like, a spandex suit or something. I feel like that never gets talked about. <laughs> yeah. How it's crazy, because he came one touchdown shy. He came 14, <laughs> and then he got hurt. Um, Andy yeah. Reid, I guess... I mean, obviously, I'm sure he would have gladly worn the suit for what that meant, but uh, he also kind of dodged a bullet at the same time, because they're still really good. To yeah, big time. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, A.J. Brown's been awesome. I mean, I don't know. What else can you say? Like, he... Like, what kind of receiver is he in the NFL? Like, how many receivers are better than him? Who would you, like, definitely take mm-hmm. over him? Maybe, like, okay, Justin Jefferson. What do you, like...
0: Well, if we're not factoring in age...
1: That's a big factor. Um, Let's factor that in. I think Deva-
0: <laughs> yeah, okay, so if you factor that in, that I would, I would not take Devontae okay. Adams over him. Um, Stephon Diggs. Cooper Cup is really good. Uh, I'd probably take Cooper okay. Cup. I don't know. Mm. I I mean, but, but 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 also, Brown is, like his body type you take that over cooper cup every day of the week you don't Um, need to scheme him i mean they're 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 both awesome uh
1: do you take i would take justin jefferson over aj brown but it's like you know you know it's very you're kind of splitting hairs to some extent here too like this is like this is an amazing player and on a great contract what were the titans thinking like the titans have you know haven't been like a disaster without him but like i mean why would you trade this guy like what, what, how could that be worth it? How could the, whatever the 18th pick or whatever they got, like, how was that? It's, this guy's worth like multiple first round picks, not just one, one, one first round pick is a steal is a steal of a trade. Great move by Howie Roseman to. And obviously, you know, some of it is luck. And I'm not trying to say that to discredit him, but I'm just saying that's the nature of it. Like, you know, they wanted Alan Robinson. They wanted other guys and it didn't mm-hmm. happen. And it worked out Um, also wanted yeah. Russell Wilson. And <laughs> that also worked out that not getting him um yeah but yeah certainly it's a big credit to howie to credit for aj brown you're just being unstoppable and awesome and again 156 could have had more because there was that touchdown where did you see what happened there like where like hurts through to him it was later in the game i think you already had a couple
0: oh yeah i don't know if that was a drop it looked like or, a drop from that where was. i was in
1: the press box probably you know similar angle for you um you mm-hmm. couldn't really tell but also could have been a just, you know, timing was a little bit off, whatever. But and also, who cares? <laughs> he had mm-hmm. three touchdowns. Um, right. Uh, but yeah, just incredible. And, you know, he, he gets caught from behind uh, on that one, barely by Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, who's also a good player. Yes. Um, so it took like the Steelers, one of their best defensive backs to kind of make a special play and barely get him down.
0: He dove and he like he hit his foot. Exactly. He barely got it. He barely even yep. got
1: a piece of it. And yeah, I, I just like that's unstoppable. <laughs> How do you stop that? Like he, he's great. And yeah. if you do, if you do somehow stop AJ Brown, you know Dallas Goddard uh, is there, Devonte mm-hmm. Smith is there. This isn't breaking news there by any means, but it's just I think it was a very inc- encouraging to see because okay, the like again you, you outlined the reasons why the passing offense may have not exploded the past few weeks, but you we needed to see it back. Yeah. And I, I think I said that in the preview going yes. into this game, I'd like to see the passing offense kind of get back on track here. And for Hertz to have a big game because like in the long, because it's not just about beating teams. Like that's part of it. Staying undefeated, putting yourself in a good position for the postseason. but you want to actually be able to win once you get there. And this kind of victory shows that they can if they can have big success through the air, I know it's a lesser team um, still counts, still really encouraging. I think we saw
0: a really complete game from the offense too. They actually only had like like what, what how many snaps did they have offense like 53 or something like it was a very low number comparative to the the their snap counts the rest of the season. But Miles Sanders only had uh 9 carries and he still was able to manage I think what 73 yards or something like that and a touchdown. Um Hurts only ran the ball ran with the crazy. ball
1: twice which which was his low yeah, for the season, we'll of course. Out, I think his um, previous uh, low was nine. <laughs> I think okay, like it was, it, it, it's two is a big deal.
0: And the Eagles starters only played forty something snaps because the backups all played eleven, so they got rest for Hertz, Jordan Mailata, Isaac Sayamalo, mm-hmm. Jason Kelsey, uh, Lane Johnson, um, and then the, the receivers and, and Miles Sanders as well. So. Uh, that's a nice little benefit to have blown out the Steelers in this game uh, on the short week of of rest between now and and when they go to Houston to play the Texans on on Thursday night. So um, yeah, it was it was, it was they it's weird that this is actually the first time they took starters out because they've had big leads in every single game. And I'm not saying it's wrong that they haven't taken starters out. There, there was never a time in any of those other games where you
1: would have taken the starters out. Actually, I thought they took it did the starters feel a little out. Maybe, too early. Like a smidge early. <laughs> well, I, but you get it like with the, the um, you know, who you're playing. You're not like playing like Tom yeah, Brady yeah, yeah. in his prime. You're playing Kenny Pickett, and you also have a Thursday night game. I always look at
0: that uh in a similar way to when um you know the the miracle of the Meadowlands. when the Eagles were down twenty-one with i think it was like eight and a half mm. minutes so i always kind of base my idea take your starters out on that sure. game <laughs> so like there was like nine minutes or something like left and they were up 22 something. and i'm yeah. like ah, okay i've seen this happen before but like you said it's it's a Steelers offense that is not the same as that uh old eagles offense with michael vick and all those guys so um yeah, I, uh, it, it's it was good for for Nick Sirianni to be able to get those guys out and and also to get some of those other guys some playing time. Like Gardner Minshew has not enter, entered a yep. game so far this year, um, and then you get all all your backup offensive linemen in Dillard. there. Uh, just kind of keep keep them. Taylor definitely played a little left guard. <laughs> He's versatile, game. baby. Like, they... <laughs> That's right. And I so Jeff McLean had pointed that out on Twitter, and I uh, and I quote tweeted it and said something like. Uh, Eagles are showcasing his uh, his versatility, and I think people took me seriously I mean, on they, that. I like, think they are, though. I mean, <laughs> that's, yeah. maybe, yeah, maybe they were, but yeah, he played like two or three snaps or something like that at guard. Um, but yeah, so uh, it was a blowout win, and I think Eagles not not Eagles fans, Philly fans, kind of needed that in mm-hmm. you know amid and and like you said in the last podcast, not all Eagles fans that listen sure. to this podcast are. Phillies fans but I think uh locally here uh the your your average Philly fan really needed this easy win <laughs> at the Eagles so you know you can't have too much stress every night uh watching watching sports and certainly this is, this will be a stressful you know next week or so with the with the Phillies playing the Astros in the World Series but um anyway uh Did you have any any more thoughts on the offense? Yeah, you know, good game for Miles Sanders.
1: He averaged, like, what, 7.8 yards per carry. Had that touchdown Mm -hmm. run right after A.J. Brown got caught from behind to cap off that drive with a score. So good job by him. Quietly kind of had, like, a really nice game. I thought the offensive line opened up some big holes in there. Not to say Mm -hmm. he didn't take advantage, but, like, you know, offensive line also run blocking. Thought, you know, they were another strong day for them and also could portend well to this week's game against the Texans, too are not necessarily the best run defense. We'll get into that. Um, yeah. Well, not super later in the week because they play on Thursday, but in a future pod or a preview pod uh, in a day or two. Uh, last thing I wanted to say is on the coaching staff, because I think they deserve a lot of credit too. Uh, You know, Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, give them all their flowers. And those are the exciting names to talk about. But I think Nick Sirianni's messaging mm-hmm. coming out of the bye was really good. I know you had talked about the messaging uh, for the Dallas game and how that was important. His mm-hmm. messaging for... Uh, coming out of the buy was that like we need to avoid the letdown you know here are teams that kind of came out of the buy and they didn't play like they did um they they, they, they totally like they just kind of loafed or whatever they, they took things for granted and uh they didn't right. play like the character how they characteristically play um so i think there was a guard against that um to his credit for sure and i also think um Coaching staff did some nice things, like the touchdown to Zach Paschal. That's coaching, like like running that fake screen to Dallas Goddard that they've run so much, mm-hmm. so that the Steelers get sucked into that and leave Zach Paschal streaking down left side wide and let wide open. Like I, I don't know uh, if I always pay attention to the coaching staff as much. Like right after a score, you know, so I'm looking at the players, but I I thought the coaching staff was like super jacked. I saw Sirianni going wild, and I yeah, asked him yeah, about yeah. that uh, after. Uh, the game in this press conference, and he just gave you know the glowing answer. I know we all know Zach Pascal's is his boy and means a ton to him. Um, but I also think part of that too is like that's a coaching staff touchdown, it's not just about like Jalen Hurts making a play like he did earlier. So that's like kind of where they can kind of feel good about themselves and making a really good call. So both Sirianni slash Shane Steichen deserve their credit, uh, as well. Do you think they
0: drew up that play specifically for Pascal to throw him a bone because he does all the dirty I think work?
1: because
0: so. that's that's a that, that, that's a scheme, yeah. yes, touchdown. Like, there's nothing special that Zach Pascal did on that play other than run down the field, get wide open, and he was wide open well, he because the, ball. the
1: Steelers came up. Like, did J.J. Oh, he the ball? JJ yeah. Ortega but Whiteside the necessarily came... make that play? And also, does he, you know, does <laughs> no, he have the speed yeah, to get not. to the end zone?
0: And that's exactly it. Like, that's kind of what we talked about, what his mm-hmm. addition was uh, at the beginning of, you know, th- this this offseason where he was going to do all the dirty work things that J.J. Arthago Whiteside did, but would also catch the ball yep. when it came his way like in those kinds of situations and and that's what he did and i can't i can't to you know answer the question that i just asked you i kind of yeah. feel like they they purposely he, gave he that he to said as much in his answer.
1: not like you know i mean he kind of oh, like, he? Okay. He said it's nice when you're able to you know have that moment so i think yes yeah is, is the answer to that i've been waiting I,
0: for them to to run a a, a double move yeah. off of you know a quick screen all season and they finally did it in a hit um and they caught it at sure. the right time too like i don't know they so, I mean, you can look at that and go, why would you waste that against the Steelers? Well, they are up 21 to 10 at the time, and that game, that that play basically put that game away. It also kind
1: play. of makes other teams have to really respect that play in terms of like, mm-hmm. hey, we can't cheat on Goddard because they are gonna they could be able to hit this. So like, and then you're getting a one-on-one in Goddard, and then maybe Goddard makes a play because he has right. one defender on him and they're not cheating as much. So, uh, yeah, I think that's why Pascal a good part of the offense, because if you do forget about him, he can kind of hurt you or his presence. It's not like mm-hmm. you can't just ignore him totally. You okay, pal? That's Charlie again. He's weighing yeah. in, you all right. Charlie's a big Zach Pascal fan. Um, <laughs> That's right. Look, Goddard, look, by the way, as long as we're as long as we're mentioning yeah. him,
0: six targets, six receptions. Like yep. he's the most efficient player in the league. Yep. It's cra- like a tight end in the league anyway. Uh, Sixty-four yards. He had that one-handed catch in there. They Passed went to the him behind him very commonly in third and fourth down situations. Like he was sort of their go-to guy he when three he needed to move the chains. Yeah um
1: so yeah he had he had a good game as well um did you have anything else for the offense no let's flip over to the defense where you know it was kind of a weird game in the sense that like there were some long drives that they allowed which yeah. are kind of like the frustrating you know classic Jonathan Gannon like bend and break mm-hmm. some of those uh you know the first one was aided by the special teams penalty when the you know the Steelers matched uh by the way what, what is Mike Tomlin doing going for a field goal <laughs> right. from the two yard line yeah. when his team is like 10 and a half point, 11 and a half point underdogs, uh, you know, and he goes for it once they move the ball to the one and they get it. So whatever. And they're uh, two and five.
0: Like who Who yeah. cares? Go for it.
1: <laughs> what are they doing? Yeah. Uh, I like Tomlin, but like some of his decisions in this game were like, we need decisions. I'm like what do you, cause he kicked a field goal late later in the game too. Yeah. When again, anyway. Um. Yeah. So the defense, Um. but to, to, the credit of Gannon's philosophy, uh, Kenny Pickett was not going to just be able to march up and down the field all game Mm -hmm. long. And if you made him run a lot of plays, he was going to turn over the ball. And he did that with the forced fumble by Javon Hargrave, who had a nice game against his Mm -hmm. former team. Uh, And then obviously the TJ Edwards deflection that I don't want to discredit Chauncey Gardner Johnson, who now has a career high four interceptions this season. But some of those interceptions have been like, like very uh, like, like, not gifts, but you know, like right right, right place at the right time. He's and he's it. made the play again to his credit. Yeah. Not everyone catches the ball, but he does. Yeah. So, uh, that's nice. But gotta, I want to, he's, he's going to share the league lead. He, he, oh, does he? Okay. Yeah. Before... <laughs> the
0: three other players. That's with, crazy. Four interceptions.
1: Uh, I think Gannon deserves some credit though, because there are some wrinkles in this game that I liked. I like the cornerback blitz by the aforementioned uh-huh. uh, CJ GJ. I thought that was a really nice look there. Um, some of the stunts earlier on, I feel like we hadn't seen that necessarily a ton this mm-hmm. year. And the first one, uh, Hassan Reddick, <laughs> the, these hits that they were putting on Kenny Pickett were like huge. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it's one thing to yeah. sack a quarterback, but they were like sacking him. Like BG crushed him too. It's like, you know, the tackling dummy in practice, like where the coach holds it up and you like run into it and <laughs> right. tackle it to the ground. Like <laughs> that's what I kind of felt like some of those. Yeah. yeah. BG crushed him. And then that was, uh, negated by James Bradbury, um, uh, holding i think yes uh but yeah i mean the defense as a whole look they did their job for the most part they played well they forced turnovers um what what do you have on them
0: well i mean hargrave had the two sacks um and then four other guys had one reddick uh cjgj as we mentioned and then
1: milton and right. Tui. <laughs> the milton one was kind of weak the board. but yeah <laughs>
0: they well you kind of like on the board in this game
1: I'm not trying to take away from him. I'm just saying like he like grazed his Did you didn't you saw that, right? And he like, just like kind <laughs> yeah. of grazed his arm. Man. Kenny Pickett went down pretty easily for a big guy. Uh,
0: it, look, it looked like in the stat sheet, it looks like he just jumped over a guy, picked up Pickett, and threw him to the ground.
1: Well, speaking of um, jumping over a guy, we'll get to the Cowboys game and Justin Fields later. But Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, I don't well. know what you're talking about on that one. But uh,
0: yeah, okay. Um and then also defensively so Kenny Pickett was asked about the Eagles defense, and he's, he was actually like, he did not like the Eagles scheme mm. in that explosive plays were hard to come by. The Eagles just weren't giving them up. And he did not like having to drive the field on 12 to 15 Clearly. plays or whatever. Um, I, 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 I think, I, where did I see that? I think I saw that on the Eagles Reddit page. Mm. Uh, He, him, uh, Kenny Pickett being interviewed uh, about the Eagles defense. Um, So, I mean, this is a common theme throughout the season where, you know, we can kind of quibble about certain things within the Eagles defense that we may not like. And then the end result is pretty good. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. in this case, they gave up 13 points to the Steelers and they turned the ball over twice and their turnover differential in the season is by the way, their turnover differential, they have won the turnover battle in all Seven hmm. games so far this year. And I don't mean like, you know, either, you know, one, like not just didn't lose. They've been in the plus territory. They didn't like, you know, tie in any At least plus, plus territory in every game so far this year. And they were plus two in this game. Um, I kind of don't think that's uh, a reason for concern going forward. By it's that, like, I mean like
1: regression. Yeah.
0: Yes. So, uh, I think
1: those those turnovers have been largely earned. Um, it's not like I always bring up um, C.J. Bethard throwing right to Alex Singleton. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've, they've created disruption on defense.
0: And then on offense, they've just been phenomenal in terms of not making dumb... De- Hurts has been great, both in terms of not making dumb decisions through the air. And then also, he hasn't even come close to fumbling the ball away no. this year. So that's sort of a, a departure of what we were used to with the last guy <laughs> that was here. So yeah, it's been, uh, it's been largely an earned uh, turnover differential that they've, that they've uh, put in so far this season. Um, but also on the defense, I would say, you know, TJ Edwards and Kaiser white uh, had good games in the middle of the defense. Yep. TJ had 13 tackles. Kaiser at 11. TJ also, I mean, we talked about the CJ GJ interception. Yep. That was all TJ. TJ yep. tipped the ball on that yep. uh, Went over the receiver's head and just, Landed in the hands of CJGJ. So uh yeah, I, I think it was a complete game by by both the offense, defense, special teams. A eh, little shaky as always.
1: Had the um, great punt down at the one yard line by Zach McPherson yes. there, which led to some confusion in the stadium. Understandably so. I don't <laughs> think everyone, you know, always gets that rule where yeah. for those who don't know and we're maybe confused, when the kicking team, the punting team here, if you will, uh, touches the ball at that point, so in this case, the Eagles, the other team, the receiving team, the Steelers, have a free advance. They can take that ball and try to return it. Uh, I believe this happened once upon a time with Colt Anderson against the Packers. I forget if that was twenty thirteen and twenty fourteen and it, it it's it's understandable why it like looks bad in the moment because it's like, what are yeah. you doing? It looks like it's a fumble or whatever. Um, but the the thing is the Steelers were getting that ball at the one at the very worst, no matter what they could have advanced it. And if they got some more yards, they could take that. Uh, but even if they fumbled, it would still go back to that spot at the one yard line where it was first touched. So that's why that
0: happened. One of my favorite things to watch is when uh, there's maybe it's a safety and maybe it's not, and everyone like puts their yeah. hands like uh, a we've talked about that before.
1: That's the funniest symbol I feel like in all the sports. <laughs> yeah. it looks like he just doing looks doing like ridiculous, an, like, like an Egyptian dance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: Especially when players are doing it on the field. Yeah, <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, the on special teams, the the Steelers converted a fake punt like like the Cardinals did a couple weeks ago, and then there was uh, the weird penalty by BG, where I mm. guess I guess on the telecast which uh, you and I don't get to hear Tony Romo guessed that BG was barking out like a cadence to try to get them to jump or snap the ball early or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, that wasn't it. BG just said he twitched like to kind of try to get them to jump. And I actually thought that was, I thought that was legal as long as you don't go into the neutral zone. Right. <laughs> whatever. I don't know. <laughs> they, threw the, they threw the flag on that. Cleet also was the yeah. nuclear recovery guy Casey <laughs> forgot. That's right. Um, so, yeah, that, that wound up, uh, as you mentioned before, they get it. They have the distance to the goal. They get a yard, and then they wind up going for the touchdown instead of kicking the field. Goal, and they get it. So it was a four-point penalty, um, which actually tied the game at that time at 7-7. So it could have been a worse penalty than it wound up being. Uh, but, yeah, again, these special teams errors that they have seemingly every week, you wonder if at some point one of those errors is going to cost them a game. Hmm. It hasn't, and it hasn't even come close to really costing no. them a game yet. Uh, but, you know, at some point, they got to they start cleaning that up and uh, be a little more sound on special teams, especially when, when you get deeper into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the, uh, there was a penalty earlier in the year. It was on Jordan Davis, who we should mention here also with his injury. But uh, it wiped out a field goal from, I guess it was the Lions. I think it might have been week one and then they ended up not getting a touchdown anyway cuz they went for it and mm-hmm. didn't get it in like a fourth down scenario. So it actually kind of worked out um but you know, it extended a drive. So we've seen those kind of mistakes and maybe some of that's you know has to obviously be uh, accountability on the player, but I think there's also something to like, you know, is the unit super well coached and are they super right. disciplined there and you know, like have they been able to stop a fake punt in since when? Mm -hmm. And the return game stinks. Um, It's not the biggest deal in the world, but even if it could just not be a liability and it could just be like, fine, whatever, that would kind of be an upgrade here. So uh, I don't know how much hope there's going to be for that. Uh, But I mentioned Jordan Davis should talk about him. Uh, Got hurt late in the second quarter, carted off the field eventually. Uh, Reportedly, a high ankle sprain, still waiting on the results of the MRI as we're recording this podcast. But Ian Rappaport said that uh, four to six week injury typically for what he had so seems mm-hmm. like a strong candidate to go on injured reserve which would knock him out i believe until what like week 13 against the titans at the very earliest he'd be able to return i think uh or be...
0: what we're into week so nine miss, coming you, up you have
1: to miss four games so he has to miss yes, the 19, 11, 12, yeah nine ten
0: eleven twelve 11 is what he missed so yes whatever whatever week 13 is whatever that opponent and now that, that would actually be a good time to get them back if they could mm. uh, against king henry of course mhm
1: so um you know it's uh, it's good that uh not a season ender but kind of not great in the short term i don't i don't think they're going to make a move by the way for defensive tackle no i agree like they already have a lot of defensive spot yeah. yeah like they they have million, milton williams on the roster they have defensive ends like a brandon Graham, who can kind of play inside if you want sometimes they have uh, Marlon Tui with his first career sack, as you noted. By the way, the Eagles have the most sacks they have ever had in seven games since 2009. So there's mm-hmm. something good for the defense. And they also have Big Marv, guy, Big Marv on the practice squad. That's what squad.
0: I was just, I was just, I was just pulling up the practice squad to see who mm-hmm. they had
1: there. So they could always um, uh, either elevate him or, you know, mm-hmm. put him on the roster if they want to put Davis on IR, which I would guess they would do. Um, so probably just yeah. elevate him a couple times, I think. Another thing they could do,
0: too, is they could just sign somebody off of uh, another team's practice squad if they like them better than Marvin
1: or whatever. And that feels like someone who might be available in my mind, like the the archetype of like run stuffing, bigger defensive tackle. Mm -hmm. It feels like that maybe might exist on someone's practice squad somewhere. (laughs) Right. I don't know.
0: Yeah, Not a very hard thing to pick up. I mean, certainly very hard to pick up uh, a replacement for a guy who is (laughs) 6'6", 340 and moves the way that Jordan Davis does, of course. Right. Uh, but yeah, but just the guy that that, like a poor man's version of him. Yes. Yeah. Just a big body to plop down in the middle of the defense on obvious rundowns is not that hard to find. Uh, anything else on the defense? Um, yeah, I guess the one thing I'll also note on Jordan Davis is the Eagles don't want J Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox playing the kind of snaps that they've played the last three weeks. Like they played around 50 a week ago. They played almost 50, uh, snaps in this game. Um, and actually, Jordan Davis's role was expanded uh, in this game before he went down. Previously, he was only playing in odd man fronts as the nose tackle. And then in this game, he started getting playing time in, uh, in their, in, you know, in even man fronts when they, when they had four down linemen. Uh, So they had him on the field at the same time as Fletcher Cox, for example, and Javon Hargrave out of the game. So I think he was primed to take some snaps away from Hargrave and Cox to help keep those guys fresh. Uh, as the season progresses, but now, with Har with uh Jordan Davis out, it's gonna be a lot harder for Jonathan Gannon to, you know, not play <laughs> fletcher Cox and and javon Hargrave uh, as as much as they have been the last few weeks. So I think their snap counts are probably gonna remain uh, up around, you know, like sixty, seventy percent of the snaps going forward until Jordan Davis gets back, which uh, is you know, a little bit unfortunate. but um overall, obviously, the Eagles are very fortunate with you know, the, the, uh, injury luck that they've had so far this season, it's kind of crazy that this is the biggest injury that they've suffered so far. Right. And, uh, he's, you know, reportedly, uh, quote unquote, only going to miss, you know, four to six weeks or whatever. So, uh, the Eagles should be thankful, uh, for, for, you know, sort of the, the luck they've had on that front
1: last, uh, two points quickly for me on the defense before we take a break. Number one, Javon Hargrave, you just mentioned is a streaky player typically Mm -hmm. or has been so maybe a lot of those guys on the d-line fair point but like i think him he's been like very hot or very cold i think in terms of his Mm -hmm. actual you know production that he's posting and sacks and everything so maybe this is an encouraging sign maybe he comes out well rested fresh after the bye and he's about Mm -hmm. to go on on a streak here so that's something to keep an eye out for and then robert quinn um you know didn't really make much of an impact only his only stat that he posted was one quarterback hit in this game, only played like, what, 20 snaps or so. 20 had snaps at a limited role. Also, Brandon Graham didn't play a ton, but I'm guessing that's in part because of uh, the hamstring he was kind of mm-hmm. dealing with. I'm guessing they kind of wanted to keep him on a, a pitch count, uh, especially against a team that they presume would be beatable. So uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that Robert Quinn and he did, yes, had the worst PFF grade, which he's been like grading out poorly by them all season long from the Steelers game. I mean, you know, it was his first game with the team after only joining them in a couple of days. And he was playing on a short week, too, because the Patriots had played or the Bears had played the Patriots yeah, Monday on Monday night. night. Yeah. And, you know, there's travel. So he went from like <laughs> yes, New England to Chicago to Philly. So, you know, like, you know, not figuring gonna, out where
0: he's going to live in the yeah, short term. <laughs> not going to crush him, certainly for his first <laughs> yeah. game.
1: But um, something to monitor still, since he hasn't been good this season, it would be nice to see a, you know, spark from him at some point. Uh, but that's all I've got. Are you ready to take a break? Let's take a break. Uh, But but before
0: we do, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors, you can call her or text her at 6, no, (laughs) 856-906-9295. If you're looking to buy or sell your home, she was voted by God as the best realtor in the history of the universe. Uh, Again, 856-906-9295. Back after this.
1: Back here on BGN Radio, which is brought to you by Kristen Roach, for Reuters, and Righteous felon Crafter. You can go to righteousfelon.com Use discount code BGN for 15% off your order today. Jimmy, it's time to kind of quickly recap, I think, what yeah. the rest of the NFC had or has been happening. Uh, I want to quickly say, screw the Raiders. Uh, they did not help the Eagles. <laughs> uh, they, what is this? They blow out the Texans last week, and they get shut out. They were one-and-a-half-point favorites going into this game against the Saints. And they they got shut out. This was what one of that? my most confident picks of the week, too. So, the this leaders. was my lock of the week.
0: It <laughs> what makes me look this? bad.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't know what happened there. I didn't watch any. I didn't see a second of that game. How um, did they not score a point? I don't know. I mean, so Devontae Adams had one catch for six yards, I think. So that probably had something to do with it. And he didn't get mm-hmm. hurt. Like, he played 40-something snaps, it looked like. So um, I don't know, man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, their, their, their uh, draft position dropped from four
1: per tankathon.com to what i think you had it at nine nine and the dangerous part here is only the falcons are ahead of them right now in the nfc south in terms of like you know the bucks are technically also ahead of them because the bucks beat them Mm -hmm. bucks aren't looking so hot um and the Falcons are four and four, and the Saints have the tiebreaker over them so far because they beat them in Week One. So, yeah. like, that's kind of a precarious position there because they're at nine right now, but they could easily jump up a lot to you know the playoffs if uh, yeah. the Saints it's are like, able to
0: a at, at minimum nineteenth or worse.
1: Yes, I think yeah nineteenth at the very best for the Eagles it could yeah. be uh, if they make the playoffs. So that's not great. This that's why I said this was a crucial game. This was like a game that the like the Eagles needed the Raiders to win and. So that's a bit of a bummer. But uh, in terms of rest of the league, um, I guess we can start in the division. Uh, the Cowboys won. Mm-hmm. The, the Justin Fields I thing I mentioned earlier, which I'm surprised you didn't see yet, was he completed a pass. And I think it was to David Montgomery. And Montgomery took off running and he fumbled. And then Justin Fields had a chance to down Micah Parsons, like didn't need to tackle him, just need to like touch him down. Oh, and he jumped over and him. He just jumped over him instead. <laughs> and then Micah Parsons ran it back for a touchdown.
0: Oh, it's So good.
1: Justin Fields, huge loser and not a good player. You see people... rookies do that in preseason games sometimes because they just don't remember that the college rules are different than sure. the NFL rules. But you're too bad luck. Yeah, I'll, uh, I I got to look that up after the podcast is over. It's just yeah. So, <laughs> uh was never counting on the Bears to beat the Cowboys to be clear because field is not good. So, you know, not surprising that Cowboys won. They scored a lot of points, so that's, mm-hmm. you know, everyone's going to be like, "Oh, Cowboy. the Cowboys optimism this season. I've talked about this before, um because I see it with RJ a lot. It's just like it's just so funny to me because again, you're just ignoring this juggernaut in the division that beat you. Like <laughs> like I feel like your your excitement for that team can only be so high. When it's like, oh, yeah, there's that thing still above us. But whatever. <laughs> right. uh, we'll get into that more on the NFC's mixtape. Uh, do you have any thoughts on them? Well, the Cowboys, they have their bye now this week. Mm-hmm. And
0: then they have two hard games. up. Well, I don't know. Maybe they have one hard game upcoming. They're, so week 10, they're in Green Bay, which uh, who, knows <laughs> who, who knows what you're going to get out of. Who knows what you're going to get out of Aaron Rodgers uh, and, and the Packers going forward. And then the following week, they play in Minnesota, which uh, Vikings game. are 6-1. and one. So, I mean, the only bad game they've played so far this year was when the Eagles just took them to the woodshed yeah. in, in Week 2. So, um, yeah, I mean, they, they have a couple harder games coming up after playing the Lions and Bears uh, the last two weeks. Um, Giants, seemingly every week this year during their winning streak, they were just beneficiaries of their opponent making some – Weird, bad, uh, big mistake uh, at the end of games. And I thought we were going to have that again against Seattle when Tyler Lockett dropped what should have been a very easy touchdown catch uh, when the score, I think, was 10-10 at the time. Uh, I believe Seattle had to settle for a field goal uh, after he dropped that that touchdown. Uh, But nope, wasn't to be. Seattle just pretty much outplayed uh, the Giants in this game. Giants only had like 225 yards total, I think. Uh, like 13 or 14 first downs, their punt returner lost two fumbles. So this was a game that the Giants looked a little bit more like what they've been the last five years and Mm -hmm. less uh, what they've looked like so far this year. And really, it was only a matter of time before, you know, they played (laughs) kind of down to what their actual talent level is uh, on their roster um I mean give them all the credit in the world for getting for for being 6 and 2 sure. uh, at this point in the season but I think this game against uh the Seahawks and I know that you're a big Seahawks guy this year Yeah um and they're a lot better than than uh certainly I anticipated they would be uh, but yeah, the, the Giants finally faltered uh, in a game in the second half this this year.
1: Yeah, I felt this is so I can't pick lock. I can't pick the same team for the SB Nation NFL show per our rules that I made up uh, okay. for lock of the week. It's just not fun. I feel like for content to just you know take the same team, but like I wanted to take the Seahawks again because I picked them last week. I think to beat uh-huh. the Chargers, and I wanted to take them this week to beat the because I felt incredibly good because it just felt like the Giants were due they can't keep winning all these games they were gonna lose yeah. one of these games and i th- I just think they ran into a better team on the road so i don't think they have any reason to hang their heads but i think you see the ceiling with this team they need more talent the coaching and everything can only go so far um and i think that's what they ran into this week so they're gonna be an interesting team to watch here at the trade deadline because there's some talk that they could maybe get jerry judy um brandon cook's which also from an Eagles perspective, I think is very interesting to watch because maybe the Eagles don't have to face him on Thursday night, which would be like a nice. Little oh boost. yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Not that they should be able to, uh, shouldn't be able to beat the Texans anyway, but if you can play them with also out their best receiver by far, yeah. uh, that'd be a nice little, you know, advantage you have going for you in addition to everything else. Um, so I think they can, you know, potentially add someone at receiver and become a little bit more dangerous. Uh, but Overall, not too concerned about them. It's just that um, they're kind of like a, you know, uh, a pesky team, uh, and I don't. I think more so an an annoyance more than like a legitimate threat, which is which is good for where they are.
0: That was a super important game for, for, from the Eagles' perspective, by the way, for them to lose because yes. if they had won this game, they're they're sitting there at seven and one. You only have a half game. You're only a half game up on them, and their upcoming schedule is. But so they they like the, like the Cowboys. They have a bye this week too, mm-hmm. and then they have the, the Texans at home,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and then the Lions at home. So you're mm-hmm. looking at it like being nine and one more than likely uh, after that game, and then they have a big uh, upcoming uh, game. It's actually, two weeks in a row, they have NFC games. Excuse me, NFC East games uh, at Dallas, and then at home against uh, the Commanders. But uh, yeah, so so for them to fall to six and two gives the Eagles a little more breathing room. Uh, at the top of the NFC, they now have a 1.5 game advantage over, uh, everyone else in the division, by the way, the, the Vikings, uh, we mentioned them before they have uh, a three and a half game <laughs> lead, uh, on the Packers and like, like, let's say the Eagles and eventually wind up, uh, as the one seed, mm-hmm. that is a very unthreatening type of like, you know, potential number two seed, yeah. uh, you know the, the 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 quote the you know the theoretical like biggest threat to the Eagles in the playoffs should it play out that way?
1: Yeah, I I think yeah. To me, it's not the Vikings. The Vikings are not the, the second or the scariest team to me in the NFC. I, the Seahawks are up there, and the the mm-hmm. Seahawks and the 49ers, I think are competing yeah. for that number two. Yes, but like I I think yes, they're in the conversation, but it's not. They're not number two for me. Uh, they're 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 up there, sure, but I just think. So how Eagles, would you rank them? Um, I would say probably right now i'd I'd probably say see the thing with the 49ers is they're inconsistent but if they're playing like at their ceiling and they're not totally banged up which is not a given for them probably them because you know they've been to the nfc championship game two of the last three years i think there's something to that um although again you could get a very bad version of jimmy g that shows up but if you're talking about ceiling i think their ceiling scares me the most um and then I'm going to go with the Seahawks because it kind of reminds me of why the Seahawks were scared of the Eagles once upon a time uh, in the 2013 playoffs, because like, they're kind of just not that Pete Carroll is like a new coach and he's unknown, but there's just something to that team. There's like expectations are so low. Like everyone's still mm-hmm. doubting them, not buying in. And I just feel like they're kind of a, in a dangerous position there. Um, and Gino's playing at a very high level. Like he just, he is like, it's it's kind of inexplicable. And the Kenneth Walker is also really good and Metcalf and, who who was you know given Darius Slade problems like specifically um and then I thought about by the way on defense also you like him yeah he're having back. a
0: phenomenal year, year this year
1: and then Diggs is really good as well um so yeah they have talent they have playmakers uh so i'd put i'd, I'd say 49ers Seahawks and then Cowboys just it's it's very close i'm not trying to disrespect the Cowboys um, I mean, I am actively a lot of times, but in this case, <laughs> I'm not. I'm saying they're all very close to me, but I'd currently rank them like that. What about you?
0: Okay. Yeah, I'd probably go 49ers, uh, and, and and then i go Cowboys. Cal- Actually, you know what? Okay. I might go Cowboys. Cal- I think I'm going Cowboys first, mm. and then I'll go Niners, and then uh, I think the Eagles got a very bad version of the Vikings uh, week
1: two. Yeah, th- if they played again, that game would certainly be a lot closer. I would have them three. And then I'd have the Seahawks for Ooh, sleeping on the Seahawks dangerous. Maybe, you know, I'll
0: say this about Gino. So, I mean, we've, he's had a really good year throwing the ball, but at the end of that Giants game, he scrambled for a first down that basically ended that game. He looked good as a runner. Yeah. And I always like, I mean, that hasn't always been a big part of his game. Like he has the ability to run around a little bit. He looked spry on that run. Mm. I was impressed by him being able to pick up that, that final first down. He looked good as a runner.
1: Jimmy's frozen. (laughs) He, oh. <laughs> at least on my screen are you there jimmy there now you're back sorry okay. you, were, you were frozen for a bit and i wondered <laughs> if you timed out um but yeah I, I didn't see that but um else so we we kind of touched on the nfc there uh mm-hmm. we can move to our final thing which is jimmy tell me who the eagles are trading for all right so we'll each what take we each get one shot i guess we get we had to flip a coin do you have a coin nearby i don't have a coin uh, um, i got a i got a Something you can flip. Yeah, I got a <laughs> that uh, doesn't a, count. A, a, a context context, yeah, lens contact lens case. case.
0: What do All you right. want? You want a? Uh, uh, I want top, top side, side or bottom it. side. Okay. You got it. Shh. Yeah, I mean, it's
1: probably that's probably the best side. The bottom the,
0: side definitely weighs more than the top side. The you side is definite, designed to go on. Definite uh,
1: advantage on that one. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. Uh, Kareem hunt, you know. <sighs> I mean, yeah, obviously. Uh, I mean, we saw Nick Sirianni posing with him. You've mentioned how your NFL sources tell you the Eagles are not done, and running back is a position. You said this on the last BGN radio episode. Yeah. They kind of want uh, more help there, not because they hate Miles Sanders and doubt him as much as they just need more depth at that spot, given his mm-hmm. injury history. Um, and we talked about how the Eagles want to rotate their defensive linemen. I'm sure they also don't want to give 20 carries to their running back at the same right. time. They're one running back that they feel good about. Um, and then also just, you know, if we're talking about areas to improve on a very kind of stacked team, a running back who has some pass catching ability is certainly one of those because they don't have that right now. Kenneth Gainwell has clearly not turned out to be that guy. Uh, in any kind of dangerous way, and Sanders has only gotten worse somehow every single year in terms of receiving production. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think he makes the most sense. And if you know Ralph Vacciano, is that that's that's his name? Ba- right? Vacciano, I think. Vacciano? yeah. Sorry, uh, he's saying like he could only take a fourth, which that seems too low to me. But like that's a no-brainer. Really? See, I think that's too high. Really? I don't think th- I don't think they're going to get a four for him. Hmm. I mean, you gotta, they, why you gave a four for a Ajay Ajayi? yeah so is he is day was he a better player than kareem hunt well he was he still had a year and a half left on his rookie contract but he also wasn't as good of a pass catcher this is a
0: pure rental
1: sure but like again you're getting a catcher in in, in,
0: yeah but it's a pure and he also hasn't had a great year so far this year he's averaging four he's averaging four yards per carry Mm -hmm. like last year he was up around like just just under five Mm -hmm. this year he's he's 4.0 um but i i i think he's I mean, of course, there will be plenty of people if they trade for a Kareem Hunt, and rightfully so, who will just be totally against sure. that move because of uh, his, you know, the video that emerged of, of, of him in, during the 2018 season when he was still with the Chiefs. Chiefs mm-hmm. caught him immediately after that video emerged of him. Um, I think he, like, I think he, did he kick a girl in a hallway of... like a hotel or apartment complex or something like that struck a woman. It's very easy to find online. uh, If you want to watch that, uh, If like, you just want to see what happened. Um, But if, so if they do trade for him, of course, people are not going to be happy about that. And rightfully so, you know, but as a player, he's a great fit because he gives you the power element between the tackles uh, that I don't think the Eagles are necessarily missing. I think miles Sanders has, run hard between and the tackles so far the this quarterback's year also good at that exactly and but i think in terms of preservation of the quarterback and also preservation of miles sanders as the season uh, unwinds hunt gives you the opportunity to you know preserve those two guys and then also uh um like like you said he's injury insurance for for miles Sanders, who by the way missed games at three different points of the season last year uh, but Hunt can give you that gives you that power element inside. He can catch passes, as you noted. Um, and he's used to playing in playing sort of second fiddle to uh, uh, the number one running back in Cleveland, of course, with, uh, with Nick Chubb there. So um, I don't know if he's super thrilled <laughs> about, like, I think that's part of the reason he wanted to be traded from the Browns. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, pretty much any contender that he would go to would probably sort of be that second fiddle again anyway. Uh so yeah, I think that's possible. I, I don't think it takes a fourth round pick. The Eagles don't even have a fourth round pick, by the way. They have a this year. Two, obviously no. the, the two they have the two ones, a two, a three, and then two sevens. Uh they have extra picks in twenty twenty four. The two. Browns are interested in that. Yeah. I, I don't know, maybe like in uh hunt for uh, and a pick, like hunt and a five, or like hunt and a four for the Eagles three makes oh, okay. sense. So uh, but I don't know. Um I, I don't I don't think he's worth a four. I like I think when whenever you see that the cost of the player, it's always not that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's always less than that. Uh because typically the cost is coming from the team trying to trade him. Mm-hmm. Um so anyway, uh I'll take a shot in the dark with my player. Mm-hmm. I'll go Dante Foreman from mm. the Panthers, who already traded one running back this year. Uh, but he's, you know, same type player in terms of the power element, but less of a uh, pass catcher out of the backfield. Filled in fine for Derrick Henry uh, the year that they, last year, when they got the one seed in the uh, AFC South when Henry missed like half the season basically during the regular season. I think he makes sense as, as a guy that you can just plug right in if, uh, Miles, Sanders, if Miles
1: Sanders gets hurt. Uh, and you mentioned Foreman as, you know, potential freeds agent target um mm-hmm. back in the off season uh had a good run to the end of last year with the titans uh specifically when derrick henry got hurt in the playoffs uh we, what we just mentioned there the power angle i was that was another thing i wanted to mention about the the coaching staff yesterday i forget i, I can't remember the play but remember there was a play where like typically the eagles would sneak it there and they kind of like fake that uh-huh. they went to something else I, well, I can't remember that for the life of me i'm trying to look back at the game log in my notes to find that um but whatever. Point being is like, you know, they were, do- they came out of the by doing things that, um you know, new wrinkles and kind yes. of, you know, keeping in, they clearly self scattered and applied some things. And uh, I think that, again, pretends well to the rest of the season because, mm-hmm. okay, they're not just predictable. They're doing different things off of this. So now we kind of don't know what they're going to be doing. We kind of have to be a little more honest. Anyway, it's a tangent, but uh, that was the other point I wanted to bring up. So my lot of rock somebody on that play, by okay. the way. Well, what was it? Do you don't remember <laughs> what it was? What what are you talking about? The, that the play, play that they ran. The yeah, one... so
0: they it was the, I, the Steelers were selling out to stop the sneak, mm-hmm. and uh, instead he like Hertz kind of just threw like a chess pass to Sanders, who ran to the edge, okay, and he picked okay. up the first down with like easily.
1: I thought so and they also
0: went unbalanced on that play too. So uh, Mylata moved over to play, uh, basically tight end uh, outside of mm. Lane Johnson on the right side, and he. He wrecked a linebacker on that play.
1: So uh, the Eagles have until 4 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday to make a move. By the way, uh, something I didn't really think about that I wanted to bring up with the Robert Quinn trade at the time was you know, all the more reason to make the move when they did is because you get him then for week eight and week nine. Like anyone the Eagles trade for this week. It's gonna be tough to play because they <laughs> play on Thursday night and it's on a road, yeah. so like there's the travel involved too. Um so let's say they, they do trade for Kareem Hunt or your guy De- Dante. What has, what's that
0: Deontay? I don't Deontay know. It's Foreman. D apostrophe O N T A. <laughs> it looks like
1: Dante, right? Yeah. So let's say almost they trade like former, Devonta. Former Texans draft pick, yes um so yeah it's like you know how much would those guys even be able to play this week because the game is on Thursday um but it wasn't Sanders on that play it was not yeah and we must we must be thinking of different plays then well did it count as a risk I don't think it counted as no 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 he pitched it to him but he threw like a chest pass pitch okay sorry yes there you go yeah now yeah that that is clicking now um all right any final thoughts uh
0: yeah I mean Beat the hell out of these cheaters, the cheaters. <laughs> Phillies! Like, I hate this team already. After just two games, with an extreme passion, just uh, take care of business, Phils. Please,
1: thank you. Where do you stand on the whole cheating thing? Because I, there's, there's like, I think there's the initial reaction: the Astros are cheating, yeah. and then there's like the people, and sorry, Dan, but I'm gonna call it Dan Klosner, who's like, and even James Seltzer. And like people like who act like they're too good for that, and it's like it <laughs> lo- makes us look bad if we're complaining about cheating. But yeah. to me, it's like okay, but they're cheating. Like, yeah. it's, and it's yeah. it's also it's not just because people want to focus and drill down and be like, well, the bat wasn't illegal for uh, competitive advantage; it wasn't like a corked bat. It was just it was just dangerous to players. Is it illegal? Yes. Yeah, right. Should it be used then? No. Should there be punishment? Yes, there should be. How is that? it? And also, it's not even just about that. Take that aside it's all about the slippery slope of cheating. And it raises questions about what else they are doing. That isn't caught because as we've seen with the new England Patriots, it's not like they just stop. They don't just stop. They keep doing it. And then they get caught again at some point, like the yeah. Patriots did multiple times and again and again, it was Spygate. And then it was the deflated balls. And then it was the taping signals that the Bengals game, like they're good, They just keep, they're not going to stop. They're going to keep yeah. doing it. So like, I, I Fans absolutely have the right to be frustrated with cheating. And also, that's the first part of it. And second, it's I think it's totally fine to homer it up and be like, you know, the team is it's cheating. They absolutely are cheating. I don't think it's the okay. reason the reason why the Phillies lost the other night, to be clear. But more than one thing can be true. You can still be mad about mm-hmm. them cheating and acknowledge that the Phillies didn't play well enough.
0: Major League Baseball handling of that when they got caught was basically, I mean, they basically said, well, they're going to have to live with the stigma of cheating for for the foreseeable future. And you know what? You know what? Guess what? Uh, I'm going to, in my mind, (laughs) like they deserve everything they get. Like Uh every bit of criticism, every bit of warranted, unwarranted exactly doesn't matter yeah they deserve every last bit of criticism and speculation and whatever that 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 comes their way screw that team i hate them and i hope they i hope they the phillies just absolutely bury them over the next three games i hate that team i love how many i don't even even like baseball that much right (laughs) like like i don't don't watch that many baseball games Well, i hope this team i hate like i hated those patriots teams that were cheating it's it's like the People work their whole lives to get to the professional level, sure. and then to have a team beat you in the World Series because they cheated. Yeah, and I'm not even talking about this year necessarily, but I'm talking about like it, the year that they were blatantly cheating and were getting mm-hmm. like extreme advantages with the way they were cheating. Like that is that is gar- like that is cr- yeah. crazy to me. That and also their their whole attitude after they got after they yeah if, before they got definitively caught, their whole attitude was like no. This, come on above reproach We'd, yeah right screw that i hate that team so much yeah the phillies have, absolutely have to
1: bury them please that's why yeah, phillies would make it so much sweeter if slash when they do it's just like you freaking <laughs> cheated and you didn't even win the world series this time yes. freaking cheaters. Right. and i agree with you it absolutely that's the thing you lose all benefit of the doubt you lose it it's not just like it's not as simple as well they were caught cheating and they were punished or whatever and now it's over no it's not over it doesn't end and again yeah You've seen examples of the past where the cheating continues to go on and then gets caught out, found out later from cheating teams. They don't get the benefit of the doubt anymore. So uh, I'm fine with people complaining about cheating I because it's it's a, it's not not a thing. I mean, even some of the stuff like because it, it's not even just about necessarily like the bat or doing something illegal, even like the game one where the guy leans into the pitch. Like that's like cheating mindset. It's like, we have yeah, to, yeah, we, yeah, we can't beat him. Yes. Fair. We have to do like these dirty little <laughs> BS stuff everything we can to win which i respect you know maximizing your what edges legally but like to, to cheat and i know that's not like cheating where you get punished for it you know it's not like you're gonna get yeah. fined for leaning into a pitch but still it's that to me that just speaks to the culture and the mindset of what's going on there it's it's all about cheating it's not about freaking going out and beating them because you're the better team it's just like it's just cowardly stuff so you oh, cowardly move by that player too like super uh, i can't beat you so
0: somebody else do it instead
1: I feel like this isn't next guy about. in the
0: lineup. You beat, you get the hit. Next guy in the lineup, I can't do it. I hope it hits my elbows. Why I can just go to first base.
1: I feel Loser. like Douche. I could be wrong, but I feel like the pitch before <laughs> the one where he did that, and great call by the ump, by the way. And I'm not just saying that because of like it helped the Phillies, but great call because like the stones to be like, no, that was yes. a BS, and it was it was it was the right call. Although yes. it should have been a strike, not a ball. Anyway, um, the pitch before that, if you at least maybe it looked to me this way at least on the replay. Because the, the pitch before that one got really close to him, yeah, it, it went was over his head, kind of right. Yeah, it was a bad pitch he by did, Robinson. He like ducked under it, yes. But, like, but, like, I swear, watch that on replay because <laughs> even as he's ducking under it he's kind of like leaning slowly yeah. he's like turning away <laughs> but he's like turning turning away like into the ball a little bit <laughs> yes. i swear because i i thought I'd, and i'm not saying that in hindsight i thought that at the moment i was like it kind of looked like he was trying to lean in like a little bit yeah. there and then sure enough he actually more blatantly does it the next time and i'm like see this is this team this is the team that rj ochoa uh, supports and actually, oh, like. rj's a astros fan he's not
0: even a Dude, uh, rj he's is, not even a
1: rangers fan he is like he is um the he, I, I mean does he He's really where does like, he live? Uh I forget exactly. Um I forget. I don't and also I don't want to dox him, but I forget yeah, exactly. Oh, I, he, yeah, okay.
0: I mean like roughly in Texas. I I assume he lives in, does he live in Texas?
1: But but hear this. He is like the Texas version of the typical bandwagon Cowboys fan. You know, like <laughs> the Cowboys fan who worked for the Cowboys and the Lakers and the, the Yankees. Spurs when they were good. Well, this is well, he is a Cowboys <laughs> oh, is he a Lakers fan. fan? from dallas he is okay. a spurs fan san antonio and he's also yeah. an astros fan for baseball yeah, all like yeah, different yeah. cities all in texas so he's like the texas yeah equivalent. what's wrong
0: with the rockets what's wrong or, or uh <laughs> or, or the mavericks
1: exactly exactly <laughs> a great question jimmy he also has his favorite soccer team is manchester united which is like you know uh not currently but they were like you know the yankees of soccer for uh-huh. a long time so yeah front runner anyway um <laughs> that was a good segment uh go phil's game three tonight huge game gotta win uh next three in philly uh and then potentially could be wrapped up in theory right before the eagles play again i mean if they win these next three which not yeah, necessarily likely, over. yeah but that would be awesome um maybe we have to do a phillies only podcast if they win okay would you be down for that when i wonder
0: when they would have <laughs> i'm trying to remember how soon after the world series ended last time that they that they had the
1: parade. Same. I don't remember. If Did you, you go to hear, that? Huh? Did you go to that? No. I was only... No. I was only like... Well, not too young to go, but it was just like... I, I didn't live in, you know, closer to Philly, super close at the time. I think I had like school. Okay. I think I, had to go. I think I was in school. All yeah, right. I was. I think it was like my junior year of high school. I don't think I could go. That was a fun day. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I got a... Uh, it was uh a few drinks that day. Hmm. So I'll leave it at that.
1: <laughs> Irish car bombs, maybe. Uh, all right. This has been BGN Radio 285. We'll be back with you in the next day. If you guys make a trade on Tuesday, deadline day, and it's a big deal, that then we'll try to shoot for an emergency podcast. Slash so could get into a Texans preview as well. Um, if not, maybe Wednesday. We'll figure that out. We'll play that one by ear. But the point is we'll be having another podcast for you to – before the game on Thursday night, condensed week here. So um, yeah, kind of a crazy schedule, but we're going to make it work and go Phils. That's my final thought. And also, oh, shout out to uh, Han. Han from New Zealand, big Eagles fan, um, ended up traveling from New Zealand to Philly uh, to go to his first Eagles game ever. Longtime BGN commenter and actually was like a moderator for us in the comments for a while there. So Mm, uh, Han's an awesome dude. Uh, Met him at lunch for uh woodrose on saturday great guy all right goodbye everybody see you later p g n